What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 213 of your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm your host, Haley, alongside my co-host, Brandon Long. And today, we are talking training, and there is some fantastic information that we share inside with that you guys are going to love. As always, Gordai Podcast brought to you by Revive Supplements, brought to you by Raw Supplements. Use code Mahaley at checkout. Support your boy. Please leave us a five-star rating and review. Ah, get ready to train harder, better, faster, stronger. I'll see you inside. All right, you guys, reporting to you live from Austin, Texas. Brandon is not in Austin, Texas. I don't even fucking know where this guy is anymore. But I just we're, got out of Kuwait. Just, Kuwait. just got out of Kuwait. Yeah, how are things over yeah. there? Good. On my way to Greece, actually, right now. You're on your way with a big step up. Monster yeah. step up. We're going from Kuwait to Greece. I hope you're going to Mykonos. That's where mm-hmm. I want to be. I want to be in Mykonos. Is that you you seen it? It's a really nice fucking, um, it's a really nice place in Greece, like super uh, bougie. Oh, it, it is in Greece. That's was, one of my, it- yeah, that's one of my like, like destination spots that um, like is, when I get married, you know, that's probably where I'm going to go on my honeymoon. I'm going to go to Mia Do you think you're going to get married? Yeah, I, you know, I would say with the way things are looking right now. <laughs> <laughs> three years three years i mean i'll get married in three years but oh you're you're assuming by then it's going to be legal to marry yourself <laughs> <laughs> have kids in five you know the whole oh, thing oh man this timeline this timeline is made up fantasy. <laughs> it's for entertainment purposes only <laughs> yeah, absolutely Dude, there's some really cool um, new research that came out um, that uh, Brad Schofield actually helped conduct. And Alan Aragon played a little part with it. You know, Alan and I are good friends. Um, And so this new research came out that I found super fascinating. And what they were trying to find was how do high-level athletes undergo recomposition of their physique? Because, like, that's supposed to be something that's, like, for beginners, like beginners are supposed to be able to like build muscle and burn fat. And there's been, you know, speculation as to like what happens, what goes into it, things like that. Um, you know, for quite some time, but, um, research finally came out. Uh, Brad Schofield dropped it. As you build muscle, what your muscle wants to carry along with it, what it wants to store, shifts and as you build more muscle it it continues to shift and shift and shift and shift there's not necessarily a shutoff point for the shifting of what it wants to store more muscle obviously it takes more glycogen to be able to upkeep right more muscle takes more amino acid to be able to upkeep and amino acids and glycogen work so well like hand in hand if you will um to keep the body to keep a muscular physique um, you know, being able to perform optimally, being able to, um, you know, maintain the, the, the recoverability, the homeostatic environment within the muscle cell, but the individual muscle cells, they shift away from storing fatty acids at all. Mm-hmm. And there's some places like where, wherever you're more developed on your body in terms of muscularity, there's going to be less capability of storing fat within a cell there. Because the cells are all shifting to having glycogen to be ready to, you know, 
provide to a muscle for ATP for contraction or uh, to the bloodstream for blood glucose for insulogenic purposes. Um, your body shifts its ratio of I'm going to hold, you know, let's say it probably maybe starts around 60, 40, maybe even 65, 35 or something, 65% glycogen, 35% fat. And as you grow, as you build more muscle, that shifts. So as you build muscle, there's an inherent fat burning effect that is happening without you even trying to burn fat that is just essentially kicking those fatty acids out. Like, hey, you know, yep. this, this muscle cell is going to be full at 100. You know, I know there used to be room for you here, but, you, you know, you kind of got to go. You know, I, I've built right, more. Right. I've expanded. And so through that process, your body especially super physiological physiques have so much muscle in them that that shift doesn't allow that fatty acid to really go anywhere. Yeah. It's harder to put on fat. The more yeah. That you build. So, so it exits or it's used immediately broken down into carbon atoms that are similar structures to glycogen and they're used as more rapid acting energy, but they don't have a home so they can't be stored. So that's why the bigger you are, the harder it is to put on excess body fat. This is why like every year, you know, someone goes through the bodybuilding process. They have a leaner physique at a similar body weight because they're building muscle and they might not even do anything differently. But dude, I find that absolutely fascinating. The human body is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. All they can do is literally build tissue. That's That's all all they can do. and, And fuel it. And fuel and that's it. why they're able to eat in these massive surpluses and yeah. train really fucking hard. And, you know, that output is just so Yeah. Because they have so much energy when they are, you know, eating that many calories and not getting fat. Too. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, you bring in, um, you know, testosterone. Uh, testosterone as a hormone and a super physiological dose slants that more to your body um, wanting to hold on to more glycogen. And amino acid storage, uh, which amino acid storage is muscle. Um, There's not like pockets for, you know, um, amino acids to be stored. It's just as muscle. Um, It shifts away from fat. Growth hormone, you know, does that as well. Undergoing a proper reverse diet slants that as well. So, like, there's so many things. Like, the longer you're exposed to bodybuilding, that's why it's harder and harder and harder to put on fat mass, right? Yep. Um, And, you know. That's why I say I'll never get fat again. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, yeah, you and I are both pretty prime examples. The longer we've gone into the bodybuilding thing, like we will be at similar weights that we have been before, but there won't be, you know, as much body fat. Like we'll be significantly leaner, um, you know, than yeah, we ever have. People always like, they always ask me like, how, how can you eat that? Or how yeah. can you like go out and like do this and like, you know, still maintain that? Yeah. Dude, it's, it's been, you know, a process. Yeah. I didn't just, I didn't just wake up one day and be like, okay, I, as long as I train hard, no, it's not just because I train hard. Exactly. Like it, it, it's been a process it's, of, you've you done know, the, the right thing. The, the, pro, the, the, the proper reverse diet and, you know, taking that shit serious. So yeah. Yeah. Now the, I guess, reward, I won't ever get back. Yeah. Yeah. And that dope. And so, um, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to share that on here with you guys. Cause I find it absolutely fascinating. It's something that is talked about a lot. Like, um, I'll, I'll have people, I'll have new athletes come into me and they'll be like, um, you know, I'll talk to them about like where they're at. And I'm like, look, as your training gets better and better and better, you're going to inherently drop body fat 
and you are going to add muscle tissue. And even if you're experienced, you're going to be pretty amazed at how this process works out. And they're like, how does that happen? And I'm like, look, there, there, you know, before this research was out, it was like there, there is such a decisive advantage to just building muscle tissue. And the best way to build muscle tissue is having perfect training. And that's a big part of why people hire me because my people all, you know, over time develop perfect training. I'm, I'm such a perfectionist with the, the training mechanics. And the better and better and better those training mechanics get, the more capability you have at building muscle. The more muscle right. you build, it's very simply, if you're 220 pounds and we keep you at 220 pounds, which we're going to do through diet manipulations, cardio manipulations, we're going to keep you at 220 pounds. But every single week, you're going to improve your performance in the gym. There is no possible way you are not building muscle. So you are building right. muscle, but we are keeping you at 220 pounds. So your body yep. is very aware that, hey, you know, I'm staying at this same body weight. I'm not going up. So I don't have excess stores to just create and, and bump up the, the scale number, the gravity pull, the mass number. I have to stay at this weight. I'm being forced to stay at this weight, but I have to match that output. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get rid of some of the shit that I don't need in order to make room for the shit that I do need. And the shit that it does need is more muscle, more glycogen, better opportunity to maintain homeostasis day over day. See, your body doesn't like want you going to the gym, abusing it, going ballistic on it every single day. It wants to adapt to that so that it stops being hurt. It doesn't know you're training. It doesn't know you're working out. It just knows that there's muscle fibers that keep getting torn. Yeah, it understands output. It just, it just, yeah, stimulus. Your body Mm -hmm. responds to stimulus. And so you keep applying this stimulus and it's like, oh shit, like I need to keep keeping up. I need to keep keeping up all this stuff. But your body weight just stays at 220 pounds. You are going to look vastly different if every single week for five months, your training improves, but you stay the exact same weight. And people come in and they're absolutely mind blown. Like, holy fuck. Like now I'm, I'm a different bodybuilder than I've ever been before. There's a few people coming to mind, you know, that is experiencing that right now. And it's like, Hey, that's a powerful place to be. But the moral of the story is train really fucking hard, but train really fucking perfect. (laughs) Perfect as you can. Some of my athletes, you know, actually I had an athlete the other day, um, asked me like, you know, when, when, are, when do I not have to stop sending this training video? I said, when it's absolutely perfect. When and there's, is there's something we can improve on every single time. Like he sent me the same, um, dumbbell rows for like the last four months. Yep. Right. And each yep. and every time there's something that we can improve on every yep. single time, whether it's the execution, whether it's the intent, whether I feel like he can take a step further, yeah. whether we need to bump the load. I mean, whatever it is, there's small things where we're like, it's still not there yet. Exactly. And, and I'm somebody that's like, you know, it might not be there for 12 months. Yeah. Like, it'll take 12 months to, to perfect a movement like inside and out. Dude, it, it, it just took well Noah as, and I 12 months for her RDLs. Exactly. As well as like, well, while you're growing, your mechanics going to change. Your, your, your exactly. range of motion is going to change. So it's like, Yes, I'm growing. I might not be like putting on a ton of weight, but the way I do this dumbbell row is consistent. It's constantly getting different. Yeah. So as long as you're you're focusing on the right things, the muscle mind connection. That when you nail that, yeah, your dumbbell row will be perfect. I I I, I want to talk about that. We are totally going off script here, so I'm going to go ahead and pull my phone down. <laughs> We're talking training now today. So um, it's just something that we love. With that, with 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 your body changing. And the mind muscle connect. So oftentimes 
you'll have someone I don't work with a lot of these clients anymore. Um, but like people will come to you with like underdeveloped musculature and like they're, which really just, they're, they're just like not super built people. I guess. I, I mean, I still work with a decent amount of like, not, not everyone I has is fucking bodybuilder. Like I work with plenty of lifestyle people. Um, so they come to you and they're like, you know, I, I, I can't, I, I don't feel this. I don't get a stimulus out of this, but the number one way to increase stimulus is by growing that muscle. And it's very, very, very common to not feel something if you don't have a ton of muscle. I had this girl who was working with me for like nine months and she got fed up and like she got fed up with my feedback and she she didn't want to hear it. She didn't want to handle it. Um, she's a trainer herself and like she she you know thought she knew, I guess. But we were working on her hip thrust, right? We were working on, I mean, she started with no lower body tissue. I mean, straight up and down, no lower body tissue. So, you know, I put her on like a plan of compound movements because I'm like, dude, we need to grow something down here. We're sticks. There's nothing right, happening right. there. So, um, you know, I, I taught her how to uh, Smith machine squat and then we moved it to a barbell squat. Um, I taught her how to leg press. I taught her how to hip thrust. Um, I taught her how to RDL and she's such a beginner. Like she can go in and she can nail, uh, even though she's a trainer, she was a huge beginner. Uh, she can go in there and nail these four movements and like recover from them appropriately. Right. So like we were working, we were working, we were working. Her mechanics are getting really good. You know, obviously she's natty. Um, you know, the progression, we were fixing some gut dysbiosis, um, you know, alongside this and like, the progression like wasn't that great, but the training progressions were very, very, very good because the like form is getting, getting a lot better. Yeah. Right. Okay. But she started arguing with me that something was off with the mechanics cause she can't feel anything. And I was like, you can't feel anything cause you don't have any muscle, but your mechanic not there yet. It, th th there's nothing there to feel. It's like yeah. if a gnat lands on you is a lot different than if a frog jumps on you, right? The gnat, yeah. you don't know. Yeah. A frog is like, oh, shit. Like, that's a noticeable difference. This is the exact <laughs> same stimulus. Yeah. Right. You can't feel a gnat because it's so fucking tiny, but a frog is overbearing and you can't just not feel it, right? It's just like right, a right, tiny yeah. bicep for on a 12-year-old boy compared to, you know, Big Rami's bicep. It's, it's vastly yeah. different. They might be doing the same exact load. They might both both be curling 15, but yeah. I bet you Big Rami gets way better engagement yep. and way better um, activation from uh, yeah. bicep curls. And so that's something that you need to keep in mind when you're training, but as you train and as you grow and grow and grow, and it's something that, you know, I, I've learned in, you know, really the past like seven or eight months is something that, you know, Brandon's having to start adapting to with his size. Hey, your, your body gets in the way of itself when you're, when you're jacked, like look at fucking Ashley Jones. Like I just shared her progress yep. pictures on, uh, on IG today, dude, she's five nice, feet tall. Dude. She's got so much muscle on her. Like we have to alter her biomechanics in order to where properly hit it? things. Exactly. Like, yeah, like where, where are you going to put the new tissue? Exactly. So like we have to be very selective with the things that we're doing and the way that we're approaching and attacking her training setup. But as you right. grow, you're going to notice like, oh, you know, um, you know, before you have big lats, you do a dumbbell row and you drive your, your elbow to your hip. Right. But then you get huge lats and all of a sudden you have to like wrap your humerus. You have to work your humerus around your lat a little bit, but still get like that pulling towards the elbow. And, but it all just works out because you're, you're, you're growing, you're developing, you're experiencing new things. And so what and you need to you focus on. By then you will understand the engagement, like on, on what 
to feel, what to like look out for. Like, oh, this the way that I'm pulling is a little bit different, but the engagement is very, very similar, if mm-hmm. not better. Exactly. So those are the things that you got. You have to, you know, constantly like look out for. So there's especially with especially with pull, dude. Pull is one of the things that took me the longest, and a lot of my athletes as well, the longest to you know feel that engagement. Building those lats up, building up the density and yep. building the tissue in yep. the back is hard to do. Yep. So, and it's very discouraging when you don't get any pump. It's, like it's very, very discouraging. discouraging. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's, there's a few pump. ways to work around it. I think, I think if you have a training partner, I do believe very heavily in sensory. So if you have a training partner and they're like tapping your muscle that you're you know going to train while you are doing it. I know there's some people who don't believe in that. I'm to be honest, I'm not real sure why or how, and I don't need research to suggest it. Every single time someone taps on your muscle, it's much easier to contract it. And I'm not sure what we would argue about there, but on push and pull, there's something specific that I, I, I want my athletes to master on push and pull. So on both of these, I want your hands as loose as possible. And you might be sitting there thinking like, man, on pull, like, how do I get my hands loose? Well, you straps, you, you, you strap it up extremely tight so that your strap is one with your hand. And when your strap is one with your hand and then you wrap it around something very tight, that becomes one with your hand. So you should be able, when you have a strap on, if it's loaded, right, you should be able to like wave your fingers like in that strap, right? From there, we just wrap our fingers around and, and we don't grip. I don't want you gripping anything on back day. I want your your hands, your thumbs, your hands, your fingers at any time should be able to be pulled right off. But we're going to have, you know, we're going to wrap them around so it's a comfortable place to be. But it, whatever you're using, if it's a cable machine, if it's a dumbbell, if it's, a, if, if it's just a plate-loaded machine, if it's a barbell, I want you pressing your palm into whatever it is you are gripping and the entire time you're pressing your palm into that the entire set you're going to get a uh, just a massive sensory of okay fingers are relaxed the strap is really tight this load is one with my hand well what's the basis part what's the base point of your hand your palm what's the strongest part of your hand your palm so what i want you focusing on is grip the bar or whatever you're gripping, grip it with the palm of your hand, not your fingers. Grip it with the palm. This goes for push. This goes for pull. And you, when you master this, you are going to realize this is absolutely phenomenal. So on push, everyone has issues with anterior delt loading, with forearms taking over tons of movement because they're gripping the fucking shit out of whatever it is that they're using, with tricep engagement. If you relax your fingers and you grip it with your palm and you just drive your humerus, your upper arm towards the midline of your body while you are relaxing your fingers, you, you have to remember this. You're just gripping with your palm. You are going to feel chest pumps like you never have before. It's the same with a chest fly. If you're just gripping it with your palms, it, you're, you're, you're going to feel chest fly. Actually, I do chest fly with my hands open. I do a lot of movements, actually. I would say I would do. I do a lot of things with my hands open. Yeah, like that. yeah. Where, wherever never, you can. Yeah, I don't ever. I rarely wrap my my thumb around anything yeah. for pull. That, yeah. Open. Yeah, my, and my and it, it's the same with biceps. The same with triceps. Biceps are really yep. important because when you grip too hard. Um, 
your brachioradialis is that's a strong ass fucking muscle. I mean, dude, just look down at your forearm right now. That thing is fucking yacked, dude. Like, yeah, all of you guys down there, that the huge muscle that's like right right on top of your elbow, and it wraps uh, you know down all the way down like uh, to your wrist. That thing goes up underneath that bicep, dude. That thing's strong as fuck. So anytime yeah. you do bicep movements, that brachioradialis has to work, right? Right, dude. Like I just said, that's strong. If you're curling 40 pounds and you're gripping the shit out of that curl, that radialis is controlling that movement, not your bicep. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you need to grip that thing real loose and not let that forearm take over too much of, um, you know, too much of that movement. And then, you know, right. you, you, and you, you, you'll, you can very easily tell who's doing this because these guys will send you pictures like a front double and like their forearms are yacked and their biceps don't really do a lot. Um, yep. it's because you're gripping the shit out of everything too hard. And it's like the same with triceps. If you're gripping too hard on triceps, your fucking traps and your weird delts. You're going to turn this thing into like, dude, it's, it, you're, you're going to turn this into like some weird, like push down type movement yeah, that not, like, it's not going to be an extension anymore. No, no, your, 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 your rear delts, your traps are going to kind of stabilize the load or stabilize your arm. And then, you know, your triceps going to get a little at the bottom. But if you go in there and you keep your whole body loose and you just like extend the fuck out of those triceps through your, through the palms, gripping everything with your okay. palms, you are going to feel those things light up. You're going to have to drop load on everything. Like almost everything. I do it with. I mean, go ahead. the purpose is to build, to build the uh, body and build a physique, not to, you know, put up numbers in the gym. So uh, drop your ego a little bit. You know, that's something that it's still hard to do to this day. Yeah. It's still understand like what the purpose is. There's nobody fucking cares that you, nobody walks up to you and be like, Oh dude. I mean, yeah, it does happen, but like not near as much as someone compliments your physique. Exactly. Say, hey, oh, try to fucking push down. Yeah. No one's saying that. No one. You know what I mean? They're, they're more likely to say, dude, you have really big arms. Exactly. Or, I like your arms, whatever yeah. the fuck it may be. Like that's way more likely than someone asking you some fucking silly off question like that. Don't focus on that. And, and, and you talked about my muscle connection. I just, um, the team of Haley page made an Instagram post yesterday that, um, was shared on my page. That collaboration tool is absolutely phenomenal on Instagram. Um, yeah, but, but that, 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 that post was really good. I talked about it at the gym the other day. I think, Oh, I was doing some rope cable curls and I was like, you know, what's funny about rope cable yep, curls. They defeat, everything that you should have within a bicep movement, almost everything, um, you know, other than elbow inflection and extension and things like that. But how's the engagement? But the engagement is just absolutely fucking phenomenal because you're, you, I am getting in there and a, a, a large part of training is understanding just like how different setups affect different muscle fiber recruitments and different, um, just overall primary bias recruitments. Right. So, if you keep your elbow in a pretty vertical line um, with your shoulder joint when you are doing bicep movements, the bare minimum you can have is an extreme eccentric control through your bicep. If you keep your elbow in line with your shoulder joint, you are focusing on gripping whatever handle you're using or dumbbell you're using with your palm. You keep your forearms as relaxed as possible and and again you're you know try you're fighting to keep this elbow in alignment with that shoulder joint and you start you know flexing and extending at the elbow 
you you are going to have phenomenal bicep recruitment. It almost doesn't even matter what you're gripping, what handle you're using, anything like that. You can you can manipulate any of them to fit exactly what it is you're going for because you are setting your body up in that proper position. I shared I shared a training video that Maddie Zolik um, posted this morning on her Instagram story. She sent it over to me. I said like this is phenomenal, and she's doing a lat focused pull down, right. I've explained to Maddie, Maddie and I have been working together like two and a half, maybe three years. I've explained to Maddie, um, I, I've taught her, this is how your body works from this position. And every time we have one of these conversations, she takes it, she applies it to her training and the training gets perfect, right? So she has the knowledge going into a session of, okay, I need to put myself in this position and from there it works. So she's doing this lat pull down. And most people go and do lat pull downs, you know, they got, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. Dude, that, that's one of the, one of the most difficult exercises yes. to get engagement. I would, I would still, it's like I said, that shit's tough. It's hard, but mm-hmm. if you watch how I have Maddie set up, if you watch that Instagram story, I hope by, I hope by the time people hear this, that Instagram story is still up. If you watch that Instagram story, Maddie, her knee to her hip to her shoulder is a perfect L. So the, those are all in alignment, right? This is a very very important position. Her knees are what's under the lap pad, not her quads. Most people just go into the fucking lap, pull down, throw their quads underneath there. No, I have her scoot back on the seat. Knees are under the pad. And from this position, she never loses the L. Don't lose that setup. The way you start a lift is your body position at the start of lift should be the same at the end of the lift. It should not change. So she has that L and all you do because we scooted back on the seat, we aligned the load pull in a more scapular range, which allows traps and rear delts to relax. Whereas if it was in a frontal position, your traps and rear delts, I explained all this on Instagram, sorry. Your traps and rear delts would bias from the jump. We have her internally rotating her elbows, torso in a perfect L, pulling in a scapular plane. There is one muscle that can bias that. So when you nail the setup, the lat is given the opportunity to just manage this entire load. There's one very important note, and it's something that you'll see like me eliminating all of my training and and my athletes training, eliminate the momentum. So momentum in a lat pulldown is when your hips shift. When you watch Maddie do do lat pulldowns, her hips are not moving at all. As the load starts coming up during the eccentric, her hips stay in that exact same place. They're in the same proximity from the seat, right? Everything you do. Yeah, don't get full extension confused with momentum. Exactly. There's a huge huge difference between fully lengthening the lat and using momentum to get yourself back down. And especially with as hard as it is to bias a lat, any momentum is going to kill that bias. It is going to eliminate that bias. So you're going to have to drop load on a lot of shit. When you start training, right? You're going to have to drop load on a lot of shit. But when you drop that load, you revert it all the way back you know, to your basic starting point of, okay, where do I nail this setup from? And then you progress from there. Oh, your physique is going to take off your muscularity, the confidence you have in the gym, your understanding, your posing is going to take off because you're going to be able to trigger muscles that you've never been able to before. Everything is going to exponentiate 
when you pull that training down to a bare minimum, you rebuild it, regroup it, and then you build it back up. I mean, look at Thomas's progression, um, you know, since he moved down here to Austin, we've been able to revamp his training. Like we had to get his body put in the right position. And once it was put in the right position for these things, you know, he, he can just go nuts on it. He can go absolutely crazy on it. And, you know, Thomas has a distinct training style that I try not to get too much in the way of uh, because it's worked for him to this point. Um, you know, he uses a little less control than I would say I would, but clearly it's working for him phenomenally. So I don't, you know, I don't switch that. I don't change that. I just want to change his body being put in that best position possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. When you go into a set, like Brandon, when you go into a set, you're approaching a technical set, um, yeah. say RDLs and oh, you're, yeah. you're, 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 very good at RDLs. You're, you're approaching this, this set that's full of technicality. Right. What are you triggering? What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about your feet? Are you thinking about your hands or what, what are you thinking about when you go into one of those? It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a process. So it starts with, you know, so say we're doing a barbell, it starts with, you know, the hand placement, making yeah. sure that's right. And then once you unrack it, you know, that little step back, you know, getting your feet right. And from there, it, it's kind of like one, two, three. All right. And now we're hips back, yeah. back, 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 as far as I can go. And until once I feel those hips no longer able to extend, I push them forward. I'm like, okay, now forward, 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 forward. It's not like a back, back, back. All right, reach a little bit further. Like, no, I understand that. My, my hips are, are fully lengthened. My, the hamstring is completely lengthened. All the load is in the posterior. Yeah. Now I have to transfer it and, and contract it and bring it forward. It's like one, two, and three. And that, that movement used to be, I actually just talked about that um, with Brendan like two days ago. It used yeah. to be my, my worst movement. Really? RDL specifically. Yeah, and I worked so hard at making them better yeah. now that they are my best movement. I, yeah. I, can, pick up, I can pick up anything. And just RDL, give it a fucking, yeah. give it an RDL, and like feel the engagement in my hamstring, just because like my hip, yeah, my hip mobility has improved a ton. Yeah, my my um, my glute mobility is not mobility. Um, my yeah, my glute mobility has improved a ton. Yeah, um, overall, like getting like tissue work done on my posterior has helped a ton. Yeah, allowed me to get more range of motion. I'm not touching the floor with the weights or anything. Nor do I think that like. A lot of people like really should yeah. aim for the floor, but there's a very select few. Very select. Yeah, view. exactly, exactly. But like, my hamstrings are moving a majority. I would say like ninety percent of the load, like I'm putting in the posterior. So we're talking like, about movement intuition here. That's what Brandon is explaining, and that 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 yep. that's exactly what I wanted him to explain. So movement intuition. What this is, is, you know, like when you say, you know, you, you have intuition, you have like a feel, you have like a, you know, whatever, but it's kind of like something that's second nature. It kind of just like, it just happens, right? You don't like right. seek out intuition. It's just, it just happens. Right. So with a movement, when you understand what we are going for within um, the lift. So we're going to take an RDL, for example. And an RDL is a great lift because, you know, there's a lot of hamstring extension. There's a lot of glute extension um, or stretching and contracting. A lot of hamstring stretching and contracting. There's a lot of, obviously, hip extension and hip flexion going on there. It's um, almost maximal in each of those. And so it's a fascinating lift to use here because when you go into it, you know that the RDL, we want to target a lot of glute and a lot of hamstring. 
And we shouldn't have anything else targeting that. So like Brandon said, he goes in, he grabs the load, he takes his step back, and he puts himself in position to whatever I have to do for hip extension and hip flexion to occur is where I will set my body up. For some people, this is with protracted shoulders carrying the load. For some people, this is, you know, the shoulders more in a neutral alignment. There's a very select few amount of people who retract shoulders during these and get that proper hip extension and hip flexion. Mm-hmm. That, that would technically break the law of what we're supposed to do on RDLs, right? In RDLs, we're not supposed to have a, an erect spine. We're supposed to have a slight curve in our spine or a neutral spine. Yeah, but when someone's cranking these things out and you see this extreme hip extension, this extreme hip flexion, and they're retracting their shoulders and there's no lower back pain, why would we change it? Right. For mm-hmm. some people, that could be the best position for their spine to be in that their hips can completely open up and then close. Right. And we need to view. I'm changing, the only way that I'm changing that is if I feel like we can get more yeah. hip extension. If we can get more range of motion, like something small, Exactly. Like, if you tuck the chin, you're going to get another half inch. Yeah. But you don't realize that like when you when you align your spine like that, yeah. you're, you're able to push your hips back. You even just like putting it down, standing up, you'll realize yeah. that your hips will like just align with kind of your, with your spine. So, so that, little things that's like a good that point. are the only thing that I'll change. It's very common that you'll see people when they send over the erect spine that they have like their chin up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just keeping that chin like in a neutral position or slightly tucked down can be extremely beneficial. But when I have someone, I'll have someone send me a training video and there's some sort of mechanic that it doesn't follow perfectly. Understand, um... Let's see. I have one with Danielle right now, for example, that she, I have this, I'm, I'm, I'm about to make a post on it. I have this like hip extension into sumo deadlift type thing. I have my bikini girls doing that is just lighting their glutes up. Like it is so, so, so it, it's, it's, it's a dope movement. We can't have a one size fits all approach to how we're viewing training and the biomechanics of training because everyone's so different. Danielle's five, four, but her legs are much longer than what a normal 5'4 person is. So the way she moves at 5'4 is not the way that, say, Emily would move at 5'4. Emily's a tad shorter than 5'4. But how Emily would move at 5'4, they don't move the same way. So if you if you view their – and those those two, you know, have some of the best training I've, I've, I've ever seen in a gym. Very advanced. Very advanced. Extremely advanced. But their movements are almost all completely different. They're the same height. They're the same division. They're roughly the exact same weight right now. They have similar strength, but the movement patterns are so vastly different. And so I'm assessing Danielle doing this, this movement that you know I created for my girls. And I'm like, something here is not right. And there, there's one small change that actually needs to happen. But like in the bare essence of what's going on, it's right for her. But it looks right. so much mm-hmm. different from Emily's and from Amber Remick. Amber Remick's another one. She's 5'4", uh, bikini girl. And it looks so different from hers. And Emily's looks so different from hers. Like, all these people are 5'4". They're bikini competitors. They're all elite. And they're, they all have big-time training. And they all are executing these movements differently. If we walk into it and it's a one-size-fits-all, but this person has longer legs and this person has a longer torso, you are setting them up for not having the, the – you're, you're, 
than not having the best stimulus for their physique. Yeah. And again, like you got one thing to always keep in mind, this is bodybuilding. So the mind muscle connection, what that means is you, every centimeter of movement you undergo within any repetition in the gym, you are focusing on that muscle that you are targeting. If that muscle is not actively under a load, you are outside of its active range of motion. Active ranges of motion is something I've talked about for years. And it's it's an important concept to understand because an active range of motion isn't just a full extension and flexion of a joint. An active range of motion is where you fucking feel it. If you can't feel the full extension of full flexion, yes, we need to work on that. Yes, we need to address it. But what's the best way to work on it? The best way to work on it is building more muscle. And then you have more to contract against a load. You have more feel because it's bigger, because it's something that is 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 there. It's tangible. Yeah, exactly. It's, There's it's, actually something to contract and actually yeah. something to lengthen. Right? Exactly. And and the 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 only way that we get to that point of a full like you see in all my training now almost everything i'm doing is the full range of motion and that's now my full active range like guys i've been at this shit a long time and i'm just now getting to that point where the full flexion and extension of every joint is my active range of motion that is a lot of technical practice there's so much that goes into it you're not going to just go in tomorrow and have this, but every single session, this is why bot, this is why training is so much fun. Training is so much fun because every session you should have a better stimulus, a harder contraction and a, and, and, and a better overall feel within whatever muscle you're training compared to last session. If you're doing your homework, if you're paying attention, to what's going on, but the issue isn't, I mean, I, I have my athletes do it too. All of athletes send me a training video and they're just moving. Don't just move. Do it with intent. Do it like you're trying to grow that muscle. Don't move through space. Grab the load. Focus on the muscle. Start before you even start the set. Flex that muscle. And try to maintain how how it's feeling right there. Maintain that throughout the furthest range of motion you can possibly achieve. And then just continue working through bigger and you know, bigger ranges of motion. Now it's not like, like on a squat, right? There's going to be, you know, different places for different bias. Like we're kind of talking about a little bit more isolated things, um, you know, than like a, a barbell squat or a barbell deadlift, things like that. Like um, those are overall, we just want to move load on those and we want to move in a perfect form, right? Yeah, it's not an isolated movement. No. It's more just, it's a compound that's hitting multiple, even there's no way to possibly isolate no. any muscle group in it, it's it's literally not possible it's like people talk and act like it is i'm just like my god you are we're just we're, we're yeah. missing a forest for a tree here um yeah. you know but um or what justin jacoby justin jacoby told me the other day that we're stepping over dollars for pennies and i was like hey that's a real good fucking analogy uh yep. what were we talking about we were talking about we were talking about just focusing on the shit that doesn't matter so what this podcast is about, you know, what's funny and we need to wrap it up here, but what's funny is we came into this podcast with a completely different topic that we were going to talk about, <laughs> but then we started talking about training and I was like, shit, you know what? There's some good fucking stuff we can talk, talk about. So 
what I want to leave you guys with, and I want Brandon to leave you guys with something. Brandon, Brandon's becoming very good technically with training. He's put a lot of effort into it. He loves training. It's and training is a very technical thing. You need to have a technical mind. Um, you need to work like a, a technician. You need to be able to reverse engineer. You need to be able to problem solve and troubleshoot in person, you know, in in real time. And that all comes down to your knowledge and understanding of how the body is moving through space. What I want to leave you with, and this is the most important training note that I can give somebody. Don't just move. Be within the load and the movement. I'm not just bicep curling. I am contracting my bicep as hard as I possibly can to bias this load and allow it to move through my joints flexion and extension. Don't just hamstring curl. Don't just tricep extend. Don't just chest press. Every, every, every centimeter of every rep, you are thinking about that muscle. You're not talking during your set. You know what's funny? I just started talking during my sets like a month or so ago because like my training is so advanced that I can like hit it and like have a say a word or two to like Thomas or Ashley or something like a cue or whatever's needed. But like don't, Shut the fuck up. Don't talk during... What the fuck's there to talk about? What are you looking yeah, around for? Looking around either. Yeah, don't, don't fucking do that shit. Don't tap your feet. Lock the fuck in. Get ready for yeah. a set. If someone walks up to you in a set and they shoved you, you shouldn't go anywhere. You should be so set in that they couldn't move you because you are, you are locked in. Your body is locked in. If you're just like there and like... You're lollygagging around and like your feet are super loose against the floor and you're just like looking around and like bicep curling. If someone shoves you, you're going to fall the <laughs> fuck over on the goddamn ground and hurt your head. No, like you should be able to, like your feet should be playing in the fucking floor. Your knees should have a very slight, they should be soft. Your hips should be very slightly extended. This is for any fucking movement. Every single movement this applies for. And then lock the fuck in and focus on your muscle. Be the contraction. Don't just move through space. Brandon, what's something you want to leave them with? Man, I think you, you kind of nailed it right there. I had a couple things that you kind of just, you know, touched on, but, you know, being able to lock in throughout the set, you know, it's something that's overlooked a lot more than, than it should be, man. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of the foundation of your set. Yeah. If you're not locked in, you're, you're, it's not going to be a conducive set. I don't care what weight you're doing. I don't care how many times you do it. If you're not locked in and, and you're not focused on moving the load properly, it's, you're you're wasting your time. So I agree. Be someone that walks in the gym with a purpose, you know, and a goal, you know, to be better, not just to walk out of the gym and say that I worked out today. Yeah. You know, that's the goal. The goal is that we're all in there for the same reason. We want to change our physique, whether it's lose 50 pounds, whether it's gain 50 pounds, um, you know, diet, dining for a show, whatever it may be, we're all in there to change our physique. So act like it when you're in the gym. You know, yeah. train like you want to change your physique. After every single set, ask yourself, did I do enough to change my physique? And you're going to be amazed at how often the answer is no. And if the answer is no, and this goes for my clients too. This goes for Brandon's clients too. If the answer is no, you better do another set. Because whatever set you just did did not count. We need to go in there. We need to force stimulus. We need to force adaptation. We are all healthy-bodied. We are all extremely fortunate to be able to chase physique goals. You need to go in and fucking attack it. Act like you want to be there. Give it something. Like, get fucking pissed off. That That's a very common cue I give my people. Get fucking pissed off. Like, move this fucking load, dude. Don't just go through the, the motions. When you press a load, fucking press it. 
like, like you mean it. So mm-hmm. I loved this chat. I always love chatting training with you, my man. I, I, I yeah, hope this dude. was helpful uh, for the people as well. Episode 213, we'll see you next time.